That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Stephanie Carton, co-host of the Entrepreneurista podcast. Every week, my co-host Courtney Spritzer and I speak with inspiring female founders and leaders about how they built and scaled their businesses, embraced failure, and have celebrated their successes. These women share their unfiltered views about what it takes to be your own boss. And spoiler alert, it may not be as glamorous as it looks on Instagram. You will hear the stories from some of the top female-led brands, including Urban Decay, Rebecca Minkoff, Lively, and Beauty Counter. Subscribe to the Entrepreneurista podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or sign up to get episodes straight to your email inbox at entrepreneurista.com. You can also join our Instagram community and follow us for daily business inspiration at Entrepreneurista's. That's E-N-T-R-E-P-R-E-N-I-S-T-A-S. This will be the most fun business meeting you'll ever have. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. It's not easy to cope with rejection. No matter how many times you hear no, it never gets easier to swallow. But learning how to deal with and overcome rejection is essential if you want to succeed as an entrepreneur. And nobody knows this better than It Cosmetics founder, Jamie Kern Lima. Before the ubiquitous beauty brand became a household name that it is today, Jamie pitched It Cosmetics to retailers for three years before she got a yes. And it's safe to say her persistence has paid off. Today, It Cosmetics has over a thousand employees and is one of the largest makeup brands in the country, not to mention one of the top selling brands at Sephora, Ulta, and QVC. And Jamie has been named on the 2020 Forbes Richest Self-Made Women's List, Goldman Sachs 100 Most Intriguing Entrepreneurs, and WWD's 50 Most Powerful Women in Beauty. Essentially, her success is a testament to why you should never take no for an answer. 
And in this episode of Work Party, I'm sitting down with Jamie to chat about how she cultivated confidence in the face of rejection, overcame self-doubt, and built a beauty empire. She's sharing it all in her new book, Believe It, How to Go from Underestimated to Unstoppable. And I am so excited to welcome her here. Welcome, Jamie. Ah, oh, Jacqueline, I'm so excited. Thank you so much. It's a big week. It's a big moment. And so thank you. Yeah, it's perfect timing. Um, obviously, we've gotten to meet at past Create and Cultivate events. And obviously, I've known your story for such a long time. And now the book. So such a big, big moment for you. And I'm so excited to dive in. So let's just start from the beginning. What I loved yeah. about your story and what I heard you speak in Miami is how It Cosmetics came about. Because I think everyone knows It Cosmetics, obviously, now. But not a lot of people, I don't think, know how this actually started and what you were doing before being the CEO of this massive company. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, no, it was so great being at the Create and Cultivate event in Miami. And, uh, you know, I think the thing I love so much is like when we share the power of story, right? Like the story behind the story. And, you know, with the story of It Cosmetics, part of why I wrote this book to believe it is, you know, so many people would say like, Oh, I've seen the headlines. Like, Oh, that you went from a Denny's waitress to billion dollar entrepreneur. Like, did you just get lucky or, you know, what was, and it's like, you know, this book, this is the first time ever, like I'm saying 95% of the stories in it. I've, I've never shared before. Um, because what I realized is when, when you just see the headlines or when people just go, Oh, it cosmetics is in every store now or whatever. I feel like it's easy for us to feel alone in our own rejections and in our own setbacks. And so, you know, the story of it cosmetics is in so many ways, you know, my story as well, which I've never shared, which is really a story about a, a girl going from not believing in herself to learning how to believe in herself and not trusting herself. Like I couldn't even, I went through long seasons of life where I didn't even know how to hear my own intuition. And, and I had to learn how, and then, and then make the decision to trust it. And it's really like a journey of going from doubting I'm enough to, to knowing I'm enough. And, and I'm excited about it because it's really the story of so many other people, especially entrepreneurs and especially women um, on their own journey of learning how to believe in yourself and trust yourself and know you're enough. And the story of it cosmetics is so different than it might seem on the outside, right? And to take a step back, the reason I created the brand was a whole kind of journey in and of itself. So since I was a little girl, I always watched Oprah like every single day in my living room. And I thought one day I'm going to become a journalist and, and interview other people and share their stories. And I just thought my whole life, that's what I would do um, and do a talk show. And so I was doing that in my career. I was working as a news anchor. I was in my dream job, right? I had worked my way up to a television station in Portland, Oregon and was anchoring the news. And I thought I was living my dream and, and that's what I was supposed to do. And, you know, what ended up happening was a big setback in my career. I thought it was a big setback, right? I didn't realize it was like a setup <laughs> for what I'm supposed to do next. But so in my twenties, I started getting uh, hereditary rosacea, right? So there's no cure for it. And my, my cheeks would become bright red and I would get bumps everywhere. And they'd, when I would touch my skin, like imagine like the feeling of sandpaper is, is how my cheeks would feel. And so I would be anchoring the news and I'd be live over the broadcast and I would hear in my earpiece from my producer, there's something on your face, there's something on your face, can you wipe it off, wipe it off? And I knew there was nothing I could wipe off, right? And it was this first moment where I go, okay, I just need better makeup. I'll just find better makeup. So 
I would spend my paycheck trying everything from the pro artistry brands to the expensive department store brands, drugstore brands, and nothing worked. And, and I was like, okay. And I had this realization, this kind of big aha moment, like, oh my gosh, why does nothing work? And I'm like, well, I guess I've never seen models with rosacea selling makeup and maybe, you know, and I guess half the time we don't even know if the models we're seeing in magazines and on TV are even wearing the product that they're selling. And I'm like, wow. So I had this kind of big moment where I was like, okay, if I, but there must be so many other people out there like me who maybe have skin challenges, who are frustrated and can't find something that works for them. And it's like, if I could, could figure this out. And by the way, Jacqueline, as you know, I knew nobody in the beauty industry. I knew nothing about starting, like how how to start and scale a makeup company. I had no connections on the outside. It didn't make any sense, but I kept having this like gnawing knowing (laughs) inside that was like, you, you're, you need to figure this out. You need to do this. So I'm sitting there in my dream job going, why does it feel like I need to give up on one dream, which sometimes feels like quitting, right? But it's like, I felt like I needed, I had this knowing it was time to give up on, on one dream and start a new one. And, and it was risky and crazy. And, and one of the hardest, I mean, the first three years of the company, we heard no from everyone. So, so, you know, my husband and I on our honeymoon flight to South Africa, got back, quit our jobs. We wrote the business plan for it cosmetics on our honeymoon flight, which is not a very romantic way romantic, (laughs) to kick off a marriage. We got back, quit our jobs and like dove all in. We spent all of our savings, which wasn't very much trying to start this thing. And I, you know, I hired the guy from my news station who knew how to do graphics for like the crimes that happen. Like you see the murder happened here and the crime scene map goes up on the news. He knew how to do that, but not packaging, but he's the only person I knew. So he brought his desktop into my living room every morning at 4am. We designed packaging, we, you know, and we poured all of our money into R and D into creating a formula that worked. We eventually created bye-bye under eye concealer, which was for me, I was like, Oh my gosh, this works for me. This is going to be life-changing. And then I had this moment that I think a lot of, maybe a lot of people listening right now have also had where I'm like, wait, I really believe in this. Like, it's so good. Why isn't it selling? And why is everybody telling me no? Right. Cause I would send it to Sephora and Ulta and QVC and the department stores. Every single one of them said no. And what I didn't know was they would say no for years <laughs> that I wouldn't be able to afford to pay myself for the first three years that we would get down to under a thousand dollars in our company and personal bank account. Every indication of the outside world was that it wasn't going to work, you know, for the first time ever. And in believe it, the, the book I wrote is like, the real reason I wrote this is to, is because I feel like a lot of times and by the way, Jacqueline, I have to give you so, so much props and credit because you really share the real stuff going on, on your social. And I am so grateful for that. And it's why I feel so connected to you and follow you. But most people don't do that. They share the highlight reel. And I think that what happens is we then see everyone else's success and we think we're alone in our rejections We're alone when people tell us we're not the right fit. We're alone when we launch our dream product or our dream idea or our dream course or our dream podcast, and it's not selling. 
and no one's watching and no one's spreading the word. And we're like, F like what, like we think, and, and we're embarrassed and we try to hide it because we don't understand because enough, not enough people are sharing the real stuff and not just sharing the real stuff, but then also sharing how did they get through it and, and what happened. Right. And so, you know, the first three years of the brand were really hard <laughs> and, and, and I did so many things wrong and made so many mistakes and I share all of those things. And yet when I look back, like one of the things I did, right. Was I learned how to get still and check in with my gut. And it kept telling me I was supposed to be doing what I was doing. And I made the decision to trust it. Even when all the experts I was putting on a pedestal, like I like I would walk into an Ulta store or Sephora beauty store as Ulta beauty or Sephora. I would walk in and like dream of my product being there. And sometimes I couldn't imagine it. And sometimes I could. And Jacqueline, like just to keep it super real, like I would have anyone who was my friend or family all across the country, they would go into Ulta or go into Sephora and ask for the manager and be like, do you carry it cosmetics? And they'd be like, uh, what it, what like it cosmetics. It's and they would pitch them on why they should carry the, like we were hustling and bootstrapping and it was three years of no. Let me interrupt for one second to talk to you guys about Nuco. Nuco is a clean supplement brand that is on a mission to help improve our health by addressing physical, mental, environmental, and social well-being. Founded by a fellow female entrepreneur, Jules Miller, the brand was inspired by Jules' own experience having trouble alleviating her IBS at the age of 25. Now, Nuco has set out to create a brand which combines the best of science and nature, creating clean supplements with proven results. Their cult status products have received rave reviews from Forbes, Fast Company, Vogue, and GQ, with Business Insider saying their products, quote, work better than any other in the market. Their nootropic, Nutrofocus, uses natural psychostimulants and patented ingredient technology designed to heighten mental clarity, sharpen your focus, and improve your memory. Think of it as a multivitamin for your brain. And Work Party listeners, we have an exclusive offer for you. You can get 20% off any of Nuco supplements using code WORKPARTY20. That's 20% off any supplement using WORKPARTY20 when you visit thenuco.com. That's T-H-E-N-U-E-C-O.com. Now let's get back to the episode. I'm so happy that you share the story of the three years of struggle because, and the three years of not paying yourself yeah. and the three years of getting down to a thousand dollars in your bank account. Because when you shared that, um, at Crane Cultivate, it felt like a, not even like relief, but I was just like, Oh, like this woman who is one of the most successful women in the United States, if not the world went through yeah. this. That's so important to share because I think people definitely see the headlines and, you know, definitely see all of this. But one thing I do want you to share is there was this crazy stat and I'm totally forgetting it that you shared about how many, I think it's under eye creams are sold in a minute or in a second. Oh my goodness. Or something yeah. Like that. Now. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, I'll have to get the latest numbers. I don't even know right now at this second, but yeah. Oh my gosh. And you know what? Here's the thing, right? So bye-bye under eye concealer, for example, uh, now is, you know, one of our best-selling products of all time to this day right now. And this year, this is crazy because like in my years of being a Denny's waitress, I don't know if I could have ever imagined this in the three years of hearing we're not the right fit from every retailer. 
I don't know that I could have imagined this, but this year it cosmetics became the number one luxury makeup company in the country. So literally when I was a Denny's waitress, I would save my tip money to buy a, a, my favorite Mac lipstick or my favorite Lancome eyeliner. Like, and I would walk in the department store. And for me, it was a big deal and so exciting to like buy a, right. And so to hear no from all these stores for so many years. And then this year to know that this company that I created in my living room with close to no money is now larger than all of those brands. I used to say my Denny's tip money for to buy, like it's crazy. Um, <laughs> and there's been so many full circle moments like that, you know, to hear how many buy by concealer sell is like, wow. But the other thing I just remember is, and want to share because for me, this is the value is, a, is us knowing we're not alone in these things. And, and sometimes they feel embarrassing when we told our friends and family, we're going after our dream. And yet we don't know how we're going to pay the bills. And, and they're like, how's it going? How's it going? Like, are you on, you know, Sephora shelves yet? <laughs> like I got that question for six years in a row because Sephora was actually a no for six years. It's really hard. Right. And I think that when I look back at everything, we all have a, a knowing inside of ourselves. And, and one of the biggest reasons I wrote my new book is because I think so many of us never learn how to truly believe in ourselves. We never learn how to actually hear that own knowing and then trust it. Right. And, and I think a big part of the problem, like I just brought up family, for example, but I think that there's so much noise all around us always, right. From our own self doubt in our own heads and our own inner critic and all of that noise to like the lack in my case, the lack of proof around me that my idea was even going to work to other people, other people's opinions that a lot of times our friends and family, like they mean so well and they do believe in us and they want the best. But so they'll say things like, are you sure you should have quit your job in news? Like, wasn't that your dream job? Are you sure? So, so are you selling any, like, are you able to pay yourself yet? Are you sure? And you, it's just so much. Right. And then, and then on top of it, you, you know, the rejection and the failure that comes with almost every journey of going after anything that is going to last or matter or make a difference. So you have all of that. And I think that that's the, the volume that the dial of the volume that we keep up. And it's so loud that we don't even know how to literally hear our own gut anymore. And we second guess it. And we, you know what I mean? And when I look back on this journey, I mean, there's so many stories that I'm excited to share for the first time in this book, because a lot of them, when I made big mistakes and big failures, I look back and I was like, Oh, I knew I had that feeling, but I didn't trust myself. I decided to trust maybe what one expert told me or because there was no sales happening, I thought I must be wrong or right. And it's really about like, how do you listen? How do you get still? How do you know if you're on the right track, despite what all that noise and how do you turn down the volume on all that noise and get still and learn to hear your own gut? Because I think our biggest threat to our businesses and our dreams and our hopes and our goals and our ideas isn't if we have success yet, I don't think it's what the competition's doing. I don't think it's any of that. I think it's if we learn to actually hear our own selves and trust it. And I think what happens is we end up quitting or giving up too soon or changing what we're doing because it's not working or we stay in our comfort zone and end up literally talking ourselves out of our own truth 
for our lives, talking ourselves out of our own calling because we second guess if it's right or not, because there's no proof that it's right. Even though our gut tells us it is when we get still, right? We stay in our comfort zone and it comes at the price of our own soul. And we've all done it. We've all done it. And there are so many times where it would have made sense for me to quit on it cosmetics or, or, or change what I was doing because a beauty retailer said, if you change this, maybe you'll have a shot in our stores. There were so many times. And when I look back and all the mistakes I made were when I did that and all the things I did right really were when I knew what my truth was, I trusted it. And even if it didn't work for a while, like it's literally the only way we ended up, I believe being acquired by L'Oreal and their largest acquisition in L'Oreal history, right? They bought it cosmetics for over a billion dollars is because we actually stuck with our truth and our brand DNA, even though, and we didn't listen to change this, change that, change your packaging, do this, conform. Had we conformed, We'd be doing what everyone else is doing and we would have never created something that was actually a value and worth someone else saying, here's a billion dollars for what you created in your living room. Right? So, but the journey's hard. The journey's hard. But when we share the stories behind the stories of it all, I think that's when we all are able to connect and step into all of who we are and, and all of who we're called to be. So. Hey guys, time for a quick ad break. Our advertisers help keep the work party going, so we appreciate your support. Misoma, a female-founded, versatile jewelry brand built for layering, has become my go-to brand. Misoma's mission is to inspire confidence, spark creativity, and fuel collaboration. All ethos we can definitely get behind here at Work Party. Misoma knows that every piece of jewelry a woman wears tells a part of her story her successes, her celebrations, her failures, the earrings that she bought with her first paycheck, the surprise pick-me-up present from her best friend after a bad breakup, the matching bracelets they got on that wild holiday refusing to take them off for months. As we grow, so too does our armor. From past loves to career milestones, morning to night, we wear our treasured moments, knowing they have shaped the person we have become. They are on a mission to build a more confident, creative, and collaborative world, starting a chain reaction one link at a time. The best part is Work Party listeners are getting 15% off their Misoma order when you enter Work Party 15 at checkout. That's misoma.com, M-I-S-S-O-M-A.com, and Work Party 15 at checkout. Enjoy. You know, now, obviously, in the early days, like you said, you were in your living room. Social media was maybe just starting, not obviously what it is today. But now the rise of social media has changed everything, specifically in the beauty industry. So do you think it's easier or harder for entrepreneurs to gain traction today than when you were starting out? Yeah, I think that it's both easier and harder. And what I mean by that, the barriers to entry are gone. So there were years where it was like impossible to break into the beauty floor of a department store <laughs> unless you had major connections, unless you, right. And that was your, your hope for distribution. And, you know, for us, you know, we were told no so much. It was pure grace. It wasn't strategy. It was pure grace that one of our big first yeses was QVC after three years. And it was also pure grace. And then also, honestly, a lot of hustle and determination and unwavering belief that we also got an infomercial with Gethy Ranker. There's these alternative forms of distribution we got 
that we're able to just broadcast our it cosmetics to so many customers that trusted QVC already. And then they, you know, your product has to do what it says. You can't go on QVC and just be a great salesperson because if what you say, if it doesn't happen when they get it home, they will ship it all back and you're gone. <laughs> like, you know, you have to be authentic and all that, but you know, we were able to get into QVC, into Get Your Anchor, and that alternative direct-to-consumer channel was then able to drive so much demand for us that eventually all the stores who said no for years and that we weren't the right fit, then they started like taking notice and, and that helped us get into everywhere. Eventually, you know, as you know, Jacqueline, because I've shared this with you, but you know, it, it was years of hearing no from every department store, like everybody said no. And Oh, one thing I'd love to share just cause oh, I love, I love the create and cultivate community so much. And I love that so many women and people are just navigating this and trying to figure out how do you handle rejection? How do you handle the no's? And one thing about all these no's for so many years is a, I never took them personal and B anytime a big, and it's hard, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I cried myself to sleep, all those things. I was like, after six years of no from Sephora, I'm like, but we're crushing it everywhere. How is it still like, how is it not personal? Right. And whether it was or wasn't kind of doesn't matter. I made the decision. It wasn't. And I made the decision that every time I got knocked down, and this is important because you guys, our humanness wants to take it personal. When someone tells us you're not the right fit, or we actually just don't really like what you're doing <laughs> or you, your vision isn't going to work or what you're doing won't resonate with our customer. You hear all these things, right? No matter what kind of rejection I got, I made the decision that, you know, not to take it personal and that, Oh, we are going to have a partnership one day. So what I would do Jacqueline is it was almost like any no I got, I was like, okay, but it's going to be a yes one day. So I'm going to make sure I keep you updated. So every time we'd have like a product launch or get a big press hit or something, I would email it to every single buyer at every single store that had rejected me month after month, year after year, like great news buzz is growing. And so when we're in your stores one day, this is so exciting. Cause you know, I mean, it was just like, I had this unwavering positioning in my own mind and I figured out how to believe it despite the continual thanks. Thanks so much, Jamie, wishing you all the best, still not the right fit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so anyhow, let me get back to your question about, about nowadays. So all those barriers to entry, right. Are gone because now in two seconds, you can literally, as everyone knows in the beauty world, for example, you can go to one of a million private label contract manufacturers in 30 seconds. You and I can start Jacqueline and Jamie makeup or skincare in 30 seconds using stock formulas that already exist, putting our label. So there's no more barriers to entry, right. In terms of distribution and that makes it so much easier for everyone to enter the game. I think that marketing, right, has completely shifted. And I think the importance of understanding digital marketing and social marketing is obviously so much more important than it's ever been. What I'd also say though, is the fundamental principles of growing a business are the same. And I share so much in, in my, my new book, believe it about the stuff we had to do when we were small, had no money and the stuff that we did right in order to like, cause when you can't afford to hire anybody, that's going to be the same, whether you're building a traditional business or you're now building a direct to consumer online business that you just launched. Right. So 
what do you do when you have no money and you've got to figure things out and, and how do you become resourceful and how do you prioritize, you know, cash flow over flash flow right now more than ever. All those principles are the same. And I believe that we're in a short-term spike. If you want me to get into the, into the granular of it for a minute, I think we're in a short-term spike where influencers with huge followings are able to leverage that and launch brands. I think that, and that's winning right now, but in similar ways for decades it won when big celebrities attached their names to products, right? So it's just transitioning that for a minute. But I do think that while it's more crowded now, right? Because there's literally no barriers to entry. I mean, it's just so crowded. I think what's going to happen, and I would say this is going to happen in like the next two to five years, the fundamental principle, this is the unsexy stuff, but every business owner needs to hear this. (laughs) Um, I I love it. I'm taking notes. The unsexy stuff, which is like, oh, regulatory compliance. Oh, FDA regulations on clinical safety data for your products. Oh, legal like legal implications of IP and of claims. If I were starting a business right now, I wouldn't want to do this stuff because it sucks and it's expensive and I don't want to spend my time or energy that way. And if you're a creative person, you're going to dread it. But if I were starting a business right now online, I would make sure that I understood, understood those things from regulatory compliance to safety data, to how is the category of business you're doing stuff in, whether it's a community, you know, product or a service or anything else, what are the legal regulations? You need to look at all those things right now, big time. And the reason why is in past ways of distribution, whether it's through QVC or through, you know, stores or an infomercial, et cetera, they have so much skin in the game. They have built such beautiful companies with millions of customers who trust, right? There's millions of customers who trust QVC, millions of customers who trust them to send them products that are of value and high quality, all those things. So because of that, if you're someone creating a makeup company or whatever you're creating and you want to go sell your stuff on QVC before you even get a shot, you have to go through all of the legal and regulatory compliance, all the clinical third-party testing on every product. I mean, it's so, so that by the time you make it on the air there and you say one word like hello to the customers watching, like they all know if they get your product home, it's going to be safe. It's going to do what it says, right? So now you look at the world we're in right now with distribution models changing Every, I mean, there's no regulations right now. There's no regulations. And so you have influencers everywhere, macro and micro and everywhere in between that are creating and selling products, but there's actually no, there's no regulations happening. There are, but the the regulatory agencies aren't broad enough and deep enough to be able to actually be on top of everything happening. So a lot of people are getting away with tons of stuff right now online, especially just really small companies, like from making claims to structure function claims on products. All these things are happening everywhere. It's like the wild, wild west. And I think that, you know, the blessing in how we actually were raised as a company at Cosmetics, also, by the way, and this is important, you guys, for anyone out there who does want to eventually sell their company one day or bring on big investors one day or small investors, these are the things that aren't fun, but you got to get them in order, right? Because if you don't have these things in order, 
you're unlikely to get an investor or someone to acquire you. And again, I talk about this wasn't an intentional strategy. If you want me to be super honest, it was just one of a billion lessons I learned. And this went through sheer grace is starting as a baby brand on QVC and then going into to Sephora and Ulta and department stores we actually had to dot every I and cross every T from regulatory and legal and safety and all those things and, and formulation and manufacturer compliance because they required it. Not because I wanted to do it and not because I could even barely afford it. Right. But that, that set us up and made our foundation strong as a company so that as we got into more and more retailers, like we didn't have a lot of problems that a lot of companies have because we had that foundation built. So what I would say now to anyone entering in this, in this direct to consumer online space, it feels so sexy. It feels so doable and accessible now because you can essentially, as you know, we can create anything in any category and just start selling it. And I think that's exciting. And I think that I love that a lot of people, people won't go through the years of rejection that I went through. Um, although we do all go through rejection in other areas of our lives in relationships and friendships. Right. So I talk about like, what do you do when you face rejection and someone tells you you're not enough? It's a big part of my book. Right. But, but for everyone launching businesses, uh, right now, try not to get caught up in the sexiness and all those things. Those are fun. You've got to do all that. But my biggest piece of advice is I want you to think five years ahead, which is hard, 10 years ahead, where is it you want to go? And if you want to build something that lasts, you don't want to be taken down by lawsuits. You don't want to be taken down by lack of compliance out of the blue. And you're like, what am I going to do? All those things, like get your foundation right, right now. You know, if you're someone that wants to take on investors eventually or anything else, you know, this Jacqueline, you invest in so many incredible businesses, but if you want to get an investor on board, figure out what is it they're going to need to invest one day and start laying those bricks from the beginning so that you have a rock solid foundation. Because unfortunately there's a lot of, uh, big sales numbers attached to these like quick, quick, quick direct to consumer businesses right now. But if they don't have the foundational bricks in place, they're not going to last and they're not going to stay solid because the second regulatory compliance hits or the second, you know, all these things happen, then all of a sudden they don't have that foundation. So that would be my biggest piece of advice. And this is no matter what space you're in, even people looking to launch their own show or their own, this like really understand, you know, FTC guidelines and really understand legal, the legality around, around content. Let me interrupt myself for one second to talk to you guys about our crowd. Wish you were in early on some of the best performing IPOs of 2019 and 2020. Our crowd investors were, and now you can join them in what's next. With our crowd, accredited investors have access to invest directly, easily, and most importantly, early. Our crowd investors have benefited from our crowd companies IPOing like Beyond Meat or being bought by companies like Intel, Nike, Microsoft, and Oracle. Here's how it works. Our crowd's investment professionals leverage their extensive network to review some of the most promising private companies and startups in the world. Once our crowd has selected a deal, 
They offer accredited investors the opportunity to invest alongside them with the same terms. If you're an accredited investor, you can join our crowd for free and review the correct deals. You can participate in single company deals for as little as $10,000 or one of our crowd's funds for as little as $50,000. As a bonus, you'll have access to our crowd's investor relations team, who you can talk to directly on the phone about your personal investment goals. Today, you can join our crowd's investment in Future Family, the fintech innovator removing the costs and complexity barriers of fertility care as they transform the rapidly growing multi-billion dollar fertility care industry future families products give everyone the opportunity to build the family of their dreams you can get in early on future family and other unique opportunities at ourcrowd.com slash party the our crowd account is free just go to ourcrowd.com slash party and now let's get back to the show Yes. Playing the long game, I think is something that has kind of gone by the wayside. So I totally agree with you on everything you're saying. And speaking of the billions of lessons learned in 2016, L'Oreal acquired it cosmetics for $1.2 billion. And you became, which when you said this, I was shocked. The first woman to hold a CEO title in L'Oreal history. So talk to us about that transition from founder to CEO and being the first female CEO at a beauty brand. Like that just blows my mind. So talk to us a little bit about that. It was, um, you know, growing. So, so anyone out there who's ever struggled with burnout, right? I got myself to this place where I believed in our mission so strongly. Like, as you know, our mission wasn't just at it cosmetics, wasn't just like, let's create great products. It was when we talk about why, you know, and, and, and you've done so much great content around understanding your why and all those things. And for me, it was like peeling back the layers early on and creating this brand. And I would advise everyone to do this, even just for a goal, maybe you have a big goal for 2021, whatever it is, know your why behind it, but then peel back the layers and go way, way, way deeper. And for me, my why with it cosmetics wasn't just, Oh, let me create a product that works for me or let me help, you know, so many other people out there. Of course I wanted those things, but when I peeled back the layers, I had this big aha moment early on where, when I realized like, why can't I find anything that works for someone with problematic skin like me? And when I realized my whole life, I'd never seen models used that showed real skin challenges or that, you know, I also realized like my whole life seeing those models in magazines and on television, I always aspired as a little girl, I always aspired to look like them, but they also always made me feel deep, deep down inside. Like I wasn't enough. And so my big mission with it was okay, let me put real men, real women, real people, all ages, sizes, skin tones, literally everything, gender identity, skin challenges. And and let me go, this is my whole thing. Let me go live on QVC and like literally show, let me show and prove my product works. It's not going to be some Photoshop ad that you see in a magazine. No, let me just prove it. And I had this whole dream about shifting culture around, around inclusivity and not enoughness and trying to do that in big ways for every little girl and little boy who's about to start doubting themselves. And then every grown person who still does. And so it was this big, 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 why? So I was so driven by it and I wanted to scale our vision. I wanted to to do this at a grand scale. Uh, And once we started getting traction, uh, we were a couple years in and L'Oreal called for a meeting, to have a meeting. And I was so excited and I was also so burnt out. And I actually talk about this a lot in the book 
And it wasn't anyone else's fault. It was literally, I had become so addicted to work. I was doing, I did hundred hour weeks for 10 years. And when we finally, after three years of hearing no from QVC, when we finally got one shot, which was crazy how it all happened. I'm so excited to share all that too. Oh my gosh. And, and, and I have stories in this book about big rejections that came full circle. Like, like one of the biggest rejections in my whole journey, one of the most painful, the guy actually ended up working for me later. So it's like, there's so many stories. I'm so excited to share with you guys because we're all in this together on this journey. But anyhow, I had this whole vision and, and I was so passionate about it that I was just literally working 24 seven. And I talk about the mistakes of that. And I talk about the impact of burnout. You know, it got to the point where I barely saw my friends or family for, for years. And I was doing 250 live shows a year myself on QVC. And every time you're live to hundred million homes. And I was like, this is the biggest blessing in the world because I'm able to get the message out. And, you know, we started launching in other countries. And so when L'Oreal asked for a meeting, I thought, okay, cause we got to the point where, you know, my husband Paulo and I were like, okay, do we go public as a company, right? Do we go public? When we started getting really large and we'd grown to be the largest beauty brand in QVC's history. And then we became the largest brand in Ulta and Ulta Beauty had said no also for three or four years. And then we, when we finally launched, we grew to, to be their largest brand. So anyone out there getting rejected right now, <laughs> hearing no, I just want to share that because literally no one else can tell you you're not the right fit. Uh-uh. No one can tell you you're not the right fit. And I've heard you're not the right fit so many times. So anyhow, and in the in the book, I talk about how do you turn down the volume on that because it's so important. So we'd grown and grown and grown, and we were we were starting to launch in other countries. And I realized really quickly, oh wow, okay, we can figure this out from our offices. And we'd scaled to over a thousand employees. Yeah. Cause we couldn't afford to hire anyone for the first three years. So it was kind of wild. I also realized, you know, we launched into Southeast Asia and we launched into Sephora and Australia and Thailand and Singapore. And I quickly realized, oh, wow, every single country actually has different everything from HR policies that we need to perfect, or we're going to be in trouble to regulatory compliance to everything. And I kind of realized, okay, if we do this ourselves, we're going to scale a lot slower than if we partner with someone like L'Oreal. And we thought about going public, but what I realized, and I think um, I talk a lot in, in this book about being able to hear your own truth and trust yourself enough to know what that is. And my own truth was I was addicted to work and I actually knew to trust myself, to not trust myself, that if we went public, I wouldn't continue doing hundred hour weeks for another decade, maybe never have a family, all those things. Right. So we made the decision, okay, you know what? We're not going to go public, but maybe we partner with somebody help us scale so much more quickly. So when L'Oreal first uh, approached us for a meeting, and by the way, here's the real story behind the story, um, is I went to an industry event. So it, like, I love going to events and, and hearing other people speak and all that. And I was, I was at an event put on by WWD at the time, uh, Women's Wear Daily and Beauty Inc. And Carol Hamilton at L'Oreal spoke at this event. I'd never met her. 
She had just gotten back from a Harvard Women's Leadership Forum event at Harvard where she had presented to all of these women. They'd asked her at the very end, I guess, what are your favorite all-time products, right? Kind of like David Letterman top 10 list. And she'd shared with them her top 10 favorite products. So she's doing this presentation at this conference. And I'm just sitting in the, in the audience, right in the back and taking notes and just loving it. And she pulls up her top 10 all-time favorite products. And I see the list. And of course it cosmetics was not on the list because barely anyone had heard of, of us. And I was like, okay, so this is the thing I think that can separate us from where we are now to stepping into all of who we are. And that's being fearless over failure and rejection. And in that moment, I had this thought, I need to get my products to Carol Hamilton. <laughs> and I don't know how, and I don't know anyone that knows her and I don't all those things, but I was like, I've got to figure this out. And so I put together this whole gift basket of it cosmetics. I wrote this handwritten note saying and it was so, so gutsy, but I was like, Dear Carol, um, while I really appreciated your presentation and your top 10 list, I noticed It Cosmetics was not on it. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm convinced and I, and, and I fully believe if you tried It Cosmetics, it would definitely be on your top 10 list and blah, blah, blah. So I put all my favorite products and I had this delivered to her office. I never heard back. I never heard anything. It must've been a year later. She'd reached out for a meeting. What I didn't know, Jacqueline, was she had kept, she kept that handwritten note as if she had her own gut feeling like, oh, this girl's like a little, uh, <laughs> like, a little, yeah, she's like, I don't know what it was. Cause it definitely wasn't the packaging. It definitely was not like, <laughs> and so she kept that note. So a year later, she was out for a meeting and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Like L'Oreal is going to want to partner and, you know, work because they're, you know, they're in a hundred countries. Right. So I, so we took the meeting and I like presented the big, you know, a budget, all these things. And, uh, I didn't realize it's not that easy at the time, uh, to just partner with L'Oreal. What I also learned was it would be three years, two to three years of meetings with them of me thinking a partnership's going to happen and of it ending in a no before it actually did happen one day. And every time, and by the way, there was one really big no with L'Oreal where I really thought it was going to happen. And I remember Carol, cause we'd met with their head CEO in, in, um, in Paris and everyone was amazing. I was like, this is going to happen to them. And it was a no that time I cried myself to sleep. Cause I thought I was so burnt out. I wanted to scale my dreams so badly I didn't know how we were going to do it at a quick pace on our own. And I was just like, I was so devastated. Here's what I'll say though. They gave us lots of feedback. Okay. On where we needed to, to be stronger in order to partner with them. Feedback on our packaging, feedback on our positioning, all the, all the feedback. Every time this happened. And again, I go in, in this book, I talk about a lot of stuff I did wrong. One of the things I did right though, and why I believe L'Oreal ended up acquiring at cosmetics uh, and their largest acquisition in U.S. history was because every time they would give me feedback, I would literally, I learned how to check in with my gut and say, is this authentic to our secret sauce, to our DNA, to cosmetics, to why we're doing this? Or is it really great advice that's working for other people, but not right for us? And I would trust my gut on this. And so when they, when they would give me awesome advice on how to do a retail fixture in Southeast Asia, 
I'd hear it in my gut and say, okay, you know what? Like, let's go for it or this or that. But maybe if it was advice on, I don't know, so I don't know what else, some packaging or something else. If I felt like, Oh, you know what? I don't want to make my packaging too luxurious. I want women and men who use it to not be scared to use it. I want them to see it on their counter and be like, let me just dive into that right about now and use it every day and love it. I wanted that emotion. I didn't want a prestige, untouchable, beautiful. I can't connect with that emotion. So I would always check in and I went with my gut on everything. And what I'll say is I believe that because we did that, that three years later, when we had a really big meeting with them and they did want to partner with us, you know, they have, I don't know, close to 40 awesome beauty companies in their portfolio because we stuck to our own authenticity in that journey. Even though I felt like an outsider, a lot of the times, even though, you know, I would walk into meetings and feel like, Oh, I'm not sure if they really, like if all these other brands take our brand seriously, I'm not sure if any of those things, but by the time we approached doing a deal, they had like close to 40 companies, but none of them were like what we were doing because we were doing our own thing. Right. And because I think it's Dr. Seuss that says you have to be odd to be number one, because we like stuck to that all of a sudden we, instead of competing with their portfolio, we complemented it. And we created something of value that then they could then help us scale into, uh, into so many more countries so much qu more quickly than we could. So I'm only sharing that to say, like, stick with your own authenticity because nobody can do what you're doing. No one can do it the way you're going to do it. And the second you start changing that you actually for, and sometimes you get short-term spike in sales when you do what's working for everyone else or whatever, whatever, but over time you don't build anything that matters or that lasts or that's truly, uh, going to move the industry or the, the world forward. So even though it's hard short-term and especially for women we're we're raised to be people pleasers. It's hard when someone else who, especially an expert tells us advice, it's hard not to think like, it's hard to disappoint them and say, Nope, not for me. I'm going to stick with my gut here. That's hard for us. Right. But like I've, I've experienced it's the only way to truly build anything that matters. So it was uh, a few years in and it was finally a, a big, the stars aligned and, and yeah, we sold um, a cosmetics to L'Oreal. It was an all cash deal for $1.2 billion. And they made me their first female of a CEO of a brand in their 107 year history. And a couple of things. One, I, th I think when people believe in you, it's always good to prove them right. And so, you know, I stayed on for, for three years, which is what we had agreed to. And the first, just the first two years post acquisition, we um, doubled the size of the company since what, since they'd bought it. And, and, and it's, um, it's been a journey, whether, you know, each person part of this right now, listening right now, watching right now wants to sell their business for a billion dollars right now, or maybe they just want to like have the guts to leave the job they're in right now and start something new or whatever it is, I feel like it comes down to the same journey <laughs> of learning to believe in ourselves, learning to like trust ourselves and going on that journey from doubting we're enough into, into knowing we're enough. And I think for me, that's the biggest journey. And for me, that's the only way we were able to you know, that's the only reason I can sit here and go, Oh, <laughs> it cosmetics is the number one brand in the country. Cause it really shouldn't have been. And for many years, when you have no proof around you for years that your idea is going to work and you're getting no traction. And it's really hard not to let self doubt dominate 
and convince you it's the right decision to quit, or it's the right decision to change what you're doing, or it's the right decision to conform into what experts are saying they need from you when it doesn't align with your own authenticity. Um, and I think the fundamentals of that, of learning to believe in yourself and trust yourself are, are the only way to, to ever step into all of who you are and, and to become the person you're born to be. And that's why I wrote this book. Cause I think the power of us all, <laughs> all sharing, yes. like, like really sharing the real stuff. I think that also can fuel us in our own, you know, goals of becoming more resilient and our own goals of knowing, should I quit or should I keep going? Right. Well, you literally just taught a masterclass in this last 40 minutes, but if you want more, definitely check out the new book, Believe It, How to Go from Underestimated to Unstoppable. Can you tell us a little bit, I know you're running some fun stuff on believeit.com. So can you tell us a little bit about um, where people can get the book and what yes, you guys are doing? thank you so much. Yeah, so, so big. I literally can't believe that I'm holding, I'm so excited. I can believe, because I believe it. I believe, believe it. it. <laughs> this is such a big moment. I'm so grateful to share this with you. Yeah, so we're doing a big, a big launch celebration. So for anyone in the, in the um, work party or create and cultivate uh, communities, if you pick up, believe it, you can buy it anywhere books are sold. Uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, independent bookshops, Target, you can buy it anywhere. And then when you head to believeit.com, so believe it is the name of the book. And when you go to believeit.com, uh, you just enter your order number from wherever you grabbed it from. And for a big launch celebration, um, uh, you get tons of free gifts, tons of free, but you got to do it soon. But, uh, so I'm doing my first ever course called becoming unstoppable, how to overcome the things holding you back. And you get that for free when you, when, uh, for a celebration of launch. And then I also put together, it's this workbook, it's over 90 pages on how to implement the lessons from the book into your real life. Uh, so you get that for free too. So all of that is on believeit.com. And, uh, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think of it and share your favorite lessons with me. Like I'm literally, you know, I'm donating hundred percent of the proceeds of the book. Like I'm just doing this literally. Cause I think, I think that the power of story and of just everything we go through and that can actually save someone else a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of nights crying themselves to sleep. Then it, it also just makes it all worth it in such a big way. So I'm so excited. And, and thank you, Jacqueline. Of course. Thank you so much for sharing your incredible story. I am so excited. I got an advanced copy of the book and I read it in like a day. It's so good. Um, and I'm going to go download that workbook oh, now. So <laughs> thank you so much, Jamie. You're incredible. Um, and guys, check out the book, believe it, how to go from underestimated to unstoppable. For more inspiring conversations like this one, subscribe to Work Party on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party. Work Party.